0: Podcast listeners. Welcome back to Pastors with a Podcast. This is Pastor Marcus Bagat at Emmanuels with your church.
1: Pastor Megan Elliott at Spirit of Joy. And the
2: water drinking, couch sitting, book reading. Pastor Kelsey ties from Emmanuel's Lutheran. I tried really hard to take my husband's hat for that, but it just doesn't fit well on any of us, does it?
1: It doesn't. I think only Paul can pull it off. I hate to say, I, I he's think the
0: only does. one that can put pana's sauerkraut and tomatoes in the same sentence, and all of us just clap. So it works. <laughs> We come to you this Palm Sunday from the Again and Again series that we have been doing with a Sanctified Art. Uh, Today is again and again, We Draw on Courage. Our focus text today that I'm going to read from the NRSV Bible comes from the Gospel of John chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And if you're thinking back to last week, yes, we have gone backwards in the Gospel, but the lectionary is a beautiful thing, and it's what we do. So, we are moving backwards just a tad bit. So we pick up at verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She brought it. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me." When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's foal, colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they then remembered that these things had been written of him, had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, O Christ.
0: Our commentary this week continues from the Reverend T. Denise Anderson, and it is entitled, uh, oh, actually, that's the first sentence, Never mind. excuse me. Lights, camera, action. We begin the high drama of Holy Week with a reading in three parts. Lights. In John's gospel, the role of the sometimes mysterious woman who anoints Jesus before his death belongs to Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus, whom Jesus resurrected from the dead. Judas objects to the act's expense, but Jesus points out there are still opportunities to address poverty. If that's Judas's desire, it's not. The spotlight is on someone we now understand as a scoundrel and who'd later play a major role in the crucifixion plot. Everyone's motivations are exposed and the week's events foreshadowed. Camera, the word photography comes from the Greek words for light and writing. Essentially, photography draws the light and cameras are modeled after the construction of the human eye. All eyes right now are on Jesus. That's a problem for the chief priests who then set their eyes on Lazarus to undermine Jesus. We witness what is both secret and open, action. Everything is now set in motion. Jesus's entry into Jerusalem is a spectacle. It's a protest, a counter-narrative to the empire's extravagance and repression. It happens opposite the Roman governor's own parade into Jerusalem for the Passover. It's the people's declaration of a different reign. The use of a donkey is messianic imagery. This is political theater, and it would ramp up the plots against Jesus's life. Courage derives from Latin, the Latin word core, which means heart. When we consider the full Palm Sunday picture, these are frightful times. So much is happening that is both hopeful and terrifying. Tensions and tears are plentiful, but the word will remind us to take heart. Again and again, we take heart amid the drama. The script is unsettling, but we have not yet reached the end. So what say you fellow theologians?
2: I either did not know or forgot um, that Jesus's entry into Jerusalem was opposite that of the governor's parade into Jerusalem for Passover. Um, So that added an entirely new level of drama for me. Like I said, that I, I don't know if I've been aware of before and it's, it is quite the political statement, and to like, there's there's no reason why they wouldn't have killed Jesus after that. <laughs> like it gave it gave Pontius Pilate the the reason. Like I know in um in the passion narratives, it's not so um, it's more, um especially in John, I think put off onto the Judeans, but um like. That would have been, would it have been insurrection and treason? Um, I don't know. But it 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 smells of, of protest, very high protest.
1: Yeah. And he, um, oh, I wish I could remember the exact quote on this, but the gate that he chooses to go through as well on the donkey, um, the... The governor goes through the victory gate um, and, oh goodness, I can't remember. It's not the center's gate, is it? No. Isn't it the golden? gate? Give me, gate? let me, uh, I know exactly what book it's in. Uh, it's written by um, Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan called The Last Week um and they talk about the significance let's see y'all keep talking while i see if i can find this
0: (laughs) i think it's also pk i i i had not thought about the governor's parade at the same time i had not thought about that i had not held that i don't know if it's something i forgot or what but i was struck by verse 19 how many times have we read this text? How many times have we, we used it as, as the, the fodder for proclamation? And I never th- I never remember hearing the Pharisees that are leaning into this reality that they say, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. So even they are realizing that Jesus' attention-grabbing ministry is so much more prevalent, so much more powerful than even the governors that the, the chief priests and the religious leaders are going, ain't nobody showing up over there. They're all going over there. And even they begin to see, and I think really articulate the struggle between the two individuals. And just as you said, the, the, the two powers at be. No, but I, I, I never, never picked up on that. I never, uh, never thought about those pieces as well. Nor had I thought about uh, Pastor Anderson's in the first paragraph, the idea that, you know, Judas objects to the acts of the expense, we get that in the gospel, we hear that, but Jesus points out that there's still opportunities to serve the poor, but yet Jesus is kind of twisting the little fork and the little knife going, you could still do it, you could still go out there, but uh, you're probably not, because I know you <laughs> and I know you're not a good person uh, or at least a good person at heart, but I'm still going to die for you. But uh, I had never, never thought about that, that Jesus is kind of, you know, no, that you, you still have opportunities to serve and care for the poor.
2: One of the things that I'm really drawn to um, is in uh, Reverend Lauren Wright Pittman's piece through the palms um, because I, I don't remember hearing the Pharisees um, going after him accusations in this moment either. So to see her depiction of open hands on one side, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us, and the finger pointing on the other side. And how often is it that we experience that daily? Like that—that that is the epitome of being human. <laughs> You've got. And, you, and what we focus on um, out of the finger pointing and the lifting up is very important um, to our psyche and stuff like that. But to see it depicted in that way with Jesus on the on the cult in the middle, surrounded by palms, it was, it's just a very powerful image. So thank you, Pastor Lauren.
0: And it's such a it's such a snapshot of where we are. And this goes back to what we talked about last week. And I'm not going to drone on with this, but I think it's an important point is about where the power is. That the pointing fingers see that the power opening of doors and sharing of responsibility and caring for other people is somehow taking away from them and saying, no, look how bad that is. Look how bad that is. Versus the other hands that are saying, all need this. All need this bread. All need what the Savior represents. No, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a, uh, you're not losing anything. We're still in this together
2: and how easy it is from our hand to go from open palma up and opened to pointing a finger how how easy that motion is and how quickly we go from can go from praising someone to blaming them and um how sometimes that blame sometimes it's you know, well placed. There are places where people screw up, and we're like, "Yeah, well, that's your fault." Um, here's how we fix it. But also, um, sometimes we place blame because we don't want to admit our own fault. And I think a lot of um, what's going on with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the temple leaders. Let me say that the temple leaders is that they don't want to admit their own. Um, fault, according to Jesus, of following the letter of the law so well that they're neglecting the people that the law tells them to care for. Mm -hmm.
1: The, you know, the, the term is that we use to describe this phenomenon is, um, scapegoating that we literally, you know, we know what our own sins are, what our own uh, failings are. And we project that um, onto other people as a way to deflect from our own brokenness.
0: Um, Yeah. I also wonder too, as the gathering crews are gathering for various meals and such that there's there's so much pomp and circumstance happening as a as a collective community Jerusalem is 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 pulsating with people (laughs) and yet in the midst of all of this you have a story of resurrection you have Lazarus walking around and I can only imagine what people are thinking as to themselves and going that dude was dead and then all of a sudden they're like no that that can't that's gotta be his brother. And they're like, he didn't have any brothers. What? So there, there's a there's a, a an edge of mystery as well. And Jesus drawing people into the the context of relationships centered in what Lazarus, who Lazarus is. I just find it interesting, this juxtaposition that the religious leaders are now, we're gonna kill him, and we're gonna kill the guy that he raised from the dead because too much change is happening. We're we're too uh we're too out of our comfort zone because if we don't do something then they're all going to be different everyone's gonna gonna follow him instead of engaging in conversation and engaging Jesus and listening and learning the change becomes bad The, the the initiation of something new becomes oh let's let's destroy it which is pretty much the theme of like every marvel movie that has ever been created right every superhero comic is based on this idea of of destroying the change before the change becomes the norm Um,
2: hey disney hey marvel
0: (laughs) (laughs) we didn't get one last week so we got to get it in this week
2: (laughs) Um, well and this week ties really well to next week because it's the the anxiety of the unknown and the change and what um what it could bring that has the religious leaders so fired
1: up um yeah i finally found what i was looking for um it was not to be found on my computer but it was to be found in this book this is called the last week by marcus borg and john dominic crossen um and it talks about how Jesus, it was a peasant peasant procession. The other one was an imperial um pre- procession. From the east, Jesus rode a donkey down the Mount of Olives, cheered by his followers. He was from the peasant village of Nazareth. His message was about his kingdom of God, about the kingdom of God, and his followers came from peasant class. Um, on the opposite side of the city from the west, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, um, entered Jerusalem at the head of a column of imperial calvert, cavalry and soldiers. Jesus' procession pro- proclaimed the kingdom of God. Pilate's proclaimed the power of empire. The two processions embody the central com- of the week that led to Jesus' crucifixion. Um, I still can't find the gates, but yes, it is. Um, you know, Pilates was it was a military parade essentially. It was showing off Rome's military power, um, and also Rome's theology that the emperor was not just um, the emperor. But the emperor was the son of God. That's the language that they use to describe the emperor. And so when Jesus is identified as the son of God, when the people yell out Hosanna, um, that is also a challenge to the empire um, and turns it into a protest, not just a parade. Um, and Jesus planned this in advance. Like he knew what he was doing. This was not some like whoopsies <laughs> didn't mean to tick off those people um
2: and he's not even in is- a position where he can claim that either well i'm sorry i didn't know like <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. i realized why i said sinner's gate earlier i was thinking of Trader's gate um in london that anne boleyn was forced to walk through before she mm-hmm. was That's that's traitors, sinners, you know, (laughs) Um, but that's where that came from. Um, Just a
0: few hundred years difference. No big deal.
2: No big deal.
0: (laughs) Well, I am grateful to all of you for joining with us this Palm Sunday. I hope and pray on behalf of my colleagues that your week is full of all sorts of mystery and wonder as we enter yet again into the rhythms of Holy Week, into the rhythms of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, uh, Easter vigils, and then Easter Sunday. What a year to be in this place. Um, What a year to be um, still dealing with a a global pandemic, Um, yet what a joy it is to see uh, changes happening in positive ways as our scientific community leads the way in creating uh, new life for so many people. What a a joy it is. Well, today we end uh, our conversation, as we always do, with a poem by the Reverend Sarah R. entitled, Peaceful Protest. I wonder if Jesus could feel his heartbeat in his throat the way I do when I'm afraid. I wonder if he had to take deep breaths in through his nose, out through his mouth, tricking his body into a state of calm. I wonder if he was nauseous like I am when I'm headed into a hard conversation. I wonder if he had to summon his courage, tucking fear away so that he could hold onto what mattered most with both hands. I wonder, because time has taught us that it is not uncommon for a peaceful protest to start or end with an unjust death. So I wonder, did he know was he afraid? Did anyone see it? I want to hold what matters most with both hands. Amen. 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 Blessings on your week. May God be with you.